Well, welcome to, to 2022. Glad that you're here. Uh, hey, can we just first off say, we made it. We made it. You made it. You made it. You made it to church. You made it through last year. You made it through the year before that. Like, we're here. God's good. God's with us. He's faithful. Uh, I don't know if it was, you know, a, a great year for you, a hard year for you, whatever it, it may have been. All I know is that God was faithful, and God was still good, and God is still working in our midst. And uh, I come into this year with a lot of anticipation and excitement for what God has for us in this, in this next year, and uh, excited for this series that we're about to, to, to journey through. Uh, we are, we're going to go through this for at least for a month. It may go longer. Um, the Lord's really been speaking to me about this idea of, of stuckness, and that there's just a lot of people that are stuck, um, stuck in their faith and stuck in, their, in, in, in relationships that they shouldn't be stuck in. They're, they're stuck in their finances or stuck in the, the mental mindset of, of, uh, of a broken mindset and, and just been really diving into God's word about what does God's word have to say about us getting unstuck? What is it, how do we get unstuck? Because God never wants us stuck in a certain place. He's always moving us, and I'll, I'll share more about this. Today's message really is just kind of a primer. I'm like priming the pump today really to dive into what we're going to do next Sunday and the Sundays uh, subsequent to that. So today's just kind of laying the foundation of what this series is going to be about. Just about two weeks right before I went on Christmas break, God began to put this, put this series on my heart and, and these ideas. And we meet together with all of our pastors, and they always come to me and go, what's our next series? And so then I have to go and pray and really ask the Lord, God, what do you want us to do? And so this is, this is what we're going to do today. And um, I, I don't know, have any of y'all ever been like stuck, like in a car stuck, like stuck? I, l- let me just go ahead and, and, and introduce y'all to my very first, Josh Belt's very first date, date, like girlfriend date. Took the, I, I had a, a, a standard truck, a little Ford standard truck, took my girlfriend, first girlfriend ever, first date ever, really that I ever went on. Um, just with me and, and, and another girl uh, outside of my mom. And, and uh, we went to eat, and I think we went to the movies. I don't even really remember because what I'm about to share with you is really the only thing that I do remember. I brought her home, pulled into her driveway, escorted her to the door like any great gentleman does, walked her to the door, made sure she went in, went and got in my truck, backed out, you know, with my little stick shift, backed out of the, my, the driveway. As I'm backing out of the driveway, I'm kind of like just looking to see if she's like looking out the window for me. You know what I'm talking about? Just, is she like, is it one of those dates? Like she misses me already. And as I'm doing that, I go to stick it, you know, stick it back into drive and, and I press the accelerator and it's nothing, nothing's happening. And, and, and what I realize that's happening is the more that I'm pressing the accelerator, I was in the ditch of the neighbor behind her house. And the back tires, it was only a front, it was, it was real well. And, and the back tires were just spinning and spinning. And as I was pressing the accelerator, my truck was going down the ditch, down the ditch, down the ditch, to the point where I was in the ditch, completely in the ditch. Then from there, had to get out. She didn't look through the window, by the way, if y'all were wondering. She did not, because if she would have, she would have came out. She didn't come out. Either that or she was like, there's no second date. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> so I had to then proceed to get out of this truck that I had now got stuck in the neighbor's ditch. I had to go to the door, knock on the door, and uh, proceed to tell her, I-, I wish I was coming here to see you again, but I need to talk to your father. 
And so then proceeded to have to, to find her father. Her father and them only had a car. I had to call my other, another friend of mine to come out with this truck. And, and my date that night ended with me getting my truck pulled out of a ditch because I was stuck in the ditch. So here, God is good because I did have a second date. I just want to let you know. Now, I don't know if it was a pity date, um, but I did have a second date. And so needless to say, I, I was stuck. And I don't know if you've been there before in your life where if it seems like uh, the more you're trying to press on to go, the further you're digging yourself into stuckness. And it seems like every effort that you're trying to get moving forward, whether that's in your health or in your faith or whatever that may be in your finances, it seems like every time you're taking three steps forward, you're taking seven back. Have you ever felt like that before? Like just life just keeps pushing you, pushing you back. And so uh, in this series called Unstuck, um, the, the subtitle for this is Moving Beyond What Holds You Back. And there are things in our life that are holding us back from all that God has for us. How many of y'all want all that God has for you for 2022? Every, everything he's got, I, God give it to me. If you got it, I want it. Now, there are things, though, that withhold all that God has for you, and we will we'll dive way into all of that in the coming, coming weeks. But I want us to look at Psalms 37. Psalms 37, I think, is going to be our, our theme verse for this whole series I usually like to kind of do a theme verse to just get us in the mindset of what this series is going to be built around. And in Psalms 37, verse 23, I want everybody, it's 2022, it's first Sunday of the year, everybody, let's say, let's say this whole verse together. It says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights. I mean, that's a good verse. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He directs our steps. And he delights in every detail of your lives. Even the places that you think God really could care less about are the ones he cares actually the most about. And God loves directing his people, directing the steps that they take. And so today, for our first Sunday of the year, I want to preach a a sermon I'm calling, It's Time to Get Moving. It's Time to Get Moving. Look at your neighbor and say, get to stepping. Come on, get to stepping. Here we go. Let's go. Hey, quick disclaimer. By the way, if you are new to our Savior's Church, anything that I say that you feel like, man, that just, that just resonates with me, you can, you can preach back at me. So you can say, preach it. You can say, get it. You can say, let's go. You can stand up and go, mmm, that's good. You can do that, okay? You can stand up and go, mmm, that's for me. You can stand up and say, mmm, that's for you, okay? You can do... <laughs> Whatever that means, y'all, y'all just talk back with me, okay? All right, so here we go. We're going to look today at Acts chapter 3. We're going to spend our whole time today in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. We're going to look at a story today of a man who was stuck. We're going to look at the very first miracle in the uh, New Testament church. The church just got kicked off. This is the first miracle that we see in Acts chapter 3 after the Holy Spirit came down on the 120 in the upper room, and they went out and started preaching. This is what we get, Acts chapter three, verse one through 10. And uh, we're gonna do this today, okay? I haven't done this in a really, really long time, but because it's the new year, and we just need to make sure that we're in God's word, I want us to stand for the reading of God's word. This is something that they definitely used to do a long time. In the honor of God's word, we're gonna stand and read it together. I'm gonna read it on the screen as, as well with you. We're gonna read 10 verses, okay? You got it? Can you do it? 
Okay, all right, here we go. We're going to read together. It says this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Verse three, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. us. Verse Verse five, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Next verse. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and sleeping, whoop, here we go. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to be sitting, begging at the temple called Beautiful. Watch, in the last part, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Father, we love you, and God, we thank you for your word, that it is alive, it is alive. God, help me to convey all that you wanna say today and help your people to receive all you want them to hear today. We love you, in Jesus' name, and help our LSU Tigers tomorrow. And everybody said, amen. Come here. They're coming up. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's go. Anybody been to an airport lately? Okay. Let me rephrase that. Anybody been to purgatory lately? If, you've, if you have been to an airport or maybe you have or haven't, if you really want to test your faith, just go book a flight. You, if you want to go pray, if you want to take your intercession level to a whole nother level, just book a flight. Just book a flight anywhere to anywhere that you want to go. If you feel like you are full of the Holy Spirit, go fly spirit and then come back and talk to me. I'm just telling you right now. If, if there's anything, I, I love to fly. My wife and I love to travel. That's kind of one of her things. She always said, like, if you're going to be a traveling preacher, like, I'm not staying home. Like, I'm going with you. That's what she always told me. And so she's, she loves to travel. We love to travel. And you'll see a lot of our stuff throughout the year. We like to try to get away and go. It's one of the things that we do. We try to save up as much money so we can take our kids on trips and go and do things. And, and so we love traveling. But I'll tell you what I absolutely despise about traveling, especially when it comes to flying. If we're talking about flying specifically, I'm I'm the type of guy that if I can book a flight, I want to book a flight that is direct to the city that I'm going to. Like one flight, one flight to there, and that's it. My, my uh, son just got back from Dubai. Uh, my brother lives in Dubai, and my middle son got to go with, him, with my mom to Dubai, 16 hours in an airplane. Um, but they flew direct. They flew from Houston all the way to Dubai and then all the way back. I have flown that flight to South Africa, but it wasn't direct. It was to France, and then it was to, to South Africa. I've done a couple of those things. And, and what frustrates me the most is connecting flights. 
connecting flights. And here's the problem though, all right? Everybody who lives in Jeff Davis Parish, if you fly anywhere out of Lake Charles or Lafayette, you're going to a connecting flight. They do not fly directly to certain places. They fly to connecting airports that will then fly you to other places. And if you wanna just have your faith extremely tested, just go to a connecting flight. Because what usually happens is, is you land in a city that is the connecting city and they land you there, and you have 5.3 minutes to get to the other gate. They landed at A1, your, your gate is Z99, and you've got five minutes to get there. As soon, Who's been there before? Who's done this before? It is craziness, okay? And then you, you land, and then of course, how I am, because I'm cheap, okay? I just let y'all know, I'm cheap. I'm, I'm wise, okay? I'm wise with money. That's what it is. And so all of my tickets are, are, are the like, backseat tickets. I can't tell you how many times I've sat next to the toilet. I cannot tell you how many times it's been. So I'm always in the back, usually always in the back, and everybody's up in the front, and it doesn't matter. This happened one of our last flights last year. The lady on the intercom, we were late to a connecting flight, and the lady, the little flight attendant, came on the thing and said, hey, can you please just make sure that if you don't have a connecting flight, can you make sure that you stay remaining in your seat? For those who are late to their connecting flight, they need to get out there. We're, of course, in the back, and we're going, amen. I mean, I'm preaching to her. Yes, yes, yes. And as soon as we pull up to the gate, and they get the little, you know, connecting thing to whatever that is to, to offload. Everybody stands up. I'm like, there's no way everybody in here has connecting flights. There's just no way. So we're in the back and Lindsay and I literally are running through the Denver airport like craziness because if you're flying back to Lake Charles or you're flying back to Lafayette, it is like Z99. I mean, like Lafayette has like three flights, three flights. Lake Charles only has a couple of flights to get in. So if you miss the flight, you, you stay in there. Okay. So if you want to have your faith tested, I'm telling you, just let it get late. On top of that, here's, here's so what, you have, you have choices, you have options. So I got three options when I get off, with a, when I get off the plane and I got to go to a connecting flight, I got three options. Option one, I just missed the flight. That's not an option. Option two, I get on one of those little carts, those cart things that the guys take and take you. But listen, I'm not going to do that because it's only old women that are usually on it or disabled people. So I'm like, I ain't doing that. I got too much pride in me to do that. So option three is the only option that I have, which is I put my running marathon test to the, to the test. I put the training to the test and I run as fast as I can. And Lindsay and I grab as much as we can and we home alone this thing all the way through. <laughs> the airport, and we have done this countless times. And if you've ever been in a major airport, the, the beauty is uh, as you're running and you're trying to connect, then it is the grace of God. You see this thing off in the distance and it's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. It is called a moving walkway. If anybody's ever seen a moving walkway, the moving walkways are absolutely amazing. They expedite your, your you like, if you're running, you're running like bionic man when you are on the moving walkway. I mean, you get on this thing like, man, what in the world? Like, could I run a marathon in this? I mean, you are running like crazy. The only problem though with the moving walkway is when you get to the moving walkway, why is it that everybody that's on the moving walkway is not moving? If you've ever been there, you, I'm telling you, you see it all the time. You're, you're running, and, and of course, it's every woman that's got the largest suitcase you've ever seen taking up the entire moving walkway as you're trying to skirt around them with all of your stuff. Why is it that the people on a moving walkway are not moving? 
I think there needs to be a law passed in 2022 that if you are not moving on a moving walkway, you have to go to jail. <laughs> Who wants to go with me? Okay, let's get some signatures on this. It is designed to go. You're supposed to be going and moving with it. It's so frustrating. And then, you know, it's kind of like a, like a car lane. Like if you're in the slow lane, like you get over so the fast people can go. But it's not like that. It's like Frogger. You're like bouncing everywhere to try to get down the moving walkway. It's so frustrating. And I'm going to tell you why it's frustrating. It's frustrating because what should be, what, a thing that was created for movement is a place of stagnation. It's a place where people are not moving when they should be moving. Something that was created to move, people weren't moving. And so I, I want you to write this down. This is the thought today. Anytime you're stuck in a place created for movement, you will be frustrated. Anytime you're stuck in a place where there should be movement. The only reason I'm so frustrated is because this is a moving walkway that is designed to move. People are supposed to move with it, and yet they're stuck in one place on this moving walkway. And if you've ever been in a place where you were stuck and you were supposed to be moving, you are frustrated. Case in point, I don't mind sitting at home, listening to music, looking out the window. I enjoy it. We listen to music all the time at our house. I don't like looking out the window, listening to music, and being stuck in traffic. You know why I'm frustrated? Because we're supposed to be moving. At home, I'm cool with that. At home, I'm fine with that. No, no problem. But we're supposed to be moving. I, I, don't, I don't mind flying on a flight to go wherever. I, I get frustrated when that plane is sitting on the taxiway for 25 minutes and nobody knows what's going on. How many know? Now I'm frustrated. Why? Because that plane was designed to move. And anything that's, think about it, going to a restaurant and sitting in the waiting area for 30 minutes, you're frustrated. Why? Because you weren't designed to go sit in the waiting room. I'm supposed to be eating. And then you get hangry. Come on, somebody. Why? Because you're supposed to be moving. And anytime you're in a place where you're supposed to be moving, but you're stuck, you're frustrated. You're frustrated. And, and that principle doesn't just apply to traffic and to airports and to restaurants. This a principle applies to life. And I wonder if maybe the reason why some of you are frustrated with life right now is because you're stuck when you should be moving. You're stuck. Maybe you're stuck in religion or you're stuck in your faith or maybe you're stuck in, a, in an emotional state right now that you seem like you just can't get out of this state or maybe you're stuck in a financial status that you just can't get out of and every time it seems like you're trying and you're spinning the wheels, you're just sinking more and more and so you're frustrated because this thing should be moving forward when it's not. Girls in here, you know, he hasn't popped a question. It's been three years and you're like, I'm getting a little frustrated here. Would like to have a ring on. Would be nice, but we stuck. Why are we stuck? What's going on? We should be moving this thing forward. And so every time there's not movement that's happening in our life, frustration kicks in. And so this series is built around this idea that everything that's in our life is, is designed to keep us moving. So I'm going to give you six thoughts today based out of Acts chapter three. We look at Acts chapter three and we see some things about God and about ourselves. And if you wanna write this first thought down, and here's the first thought is this, God is a God of movement. 
God is a God of movement. God is always moving. He's always taking us from faith to faith, from glory to glory. I mean, think about it. Two-thirds of God's name is go. Some, some of y'all, some of y'all will get that. It's like trickling. It's like a wave as we get into the back, okay? Like God is a God of movement. Let me show you. From the very beginning, God was moving. Genesis 1, 1. Look at this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Look at the rest of verse two. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. From the very beginning of scripture, God is moving. Genesis is the beginning of this beautiful symphony of movement. God spoke, let there be light, and there's light. And God made the day and the night. God spoke the, the, the earth and the solar system into it. But, but notice that even when he spoke those things into existence, he then called those things to start moving. Do y'all realize like you're on a planet that is moving? Even though you don't know you're moving and can't even realize you're moving at the moment, you are currently moving. You're spinning and spinning around a sun right now. Like everything God did, it was a movement. It's this beautiful symphony of movement that God started doing as he created things. Then he created water. But how many know water that is stagnant ain't good? So God creates water and then he calls it to start moving and creates oceans and rivers then he creates these beautiful mountains and he creates the flowers which grow and die and then grow and die and grow and die. And then he creates animals and every animal was never meant to just sit there. Even the sloths have to move. Even the turtles have to move. I didn't say it had to be fast movement, but everything God creates, he creates it to move. God is a God of movement. And then out of all of his incredible creation, he creates the most incredible thing, which is of course humans. And he makes man and then he makes woman. And then he breathes. The Bible says he breathes his spirit into man and into woman. And they come alive on the inside. And guess what? Then he gives them a heart. And in that heart, there's blood. And in that heart, it's beating. And guess what it's doing? It is moving. And when your heart stops moving, and your blood stops moving, how many know you're in trouble? You're in trouble. God is a God of movement. He's called us to move. But with that, write this down. Number two, we are prone to stuckness. So God is a God of movement. Everything he does that he creates from man to animals to planets was called to move, but you and I were prone to stuckness. Let me prove it to you. Some of you who come to church, many of you who come to church, you sit in the same seat every single week. Is this not true? You sit in the same section every Weak. You are prone to places of comfort. You're prone to places of stuckness. You don't move around in here. You got your place. And if anybody dare is in your place, you make sure to let them know. You get here early enough just so you can get your place. And then on top of that, we are prone to go to maybe the same restaurants. We're prone to order the same thing. 
Who are the same thing orderers? Like you order the same thing all the time. All, uh, okay, that's, that's me too. That's me too. I go to the same coffee shop, order the same thing. I go to the same restaurant, I order the same thing. And there's some of you in here that frustrates the heck out of you because you want to order everything. And people like us, you don't like us. But the, let me tell you something. I like my food. And I enjoy it every time. When my wife goes, ooh, this isn't good. I'm like, you should have ordered the same thing. I'm telling you, this is... I enjoy mine. <laughs> but we are prone to stuckness. Think about this. If you, if you go and you look at the story of Adam and Eve, this is a, a story of them getting stuck at the wrong tree, listening to the wrong voice, and making the wrong decision because they got stuck in front of the wrong thing. And, and, and this is why I love the beginnings of New Year's. Because 2022... A new start gives us that, right? Let's be honest. Nothing really changed other than the calendar. But there's just something mentally and emotionally and even, I think, spiritually that there's like a changeover. Isn't it true like we say things to ourselves like, well, when the new year comes, I'll start working out. When the new year comes... Then, then I'll stop doing this or I'll, I'll start doing this. There's just something about us that when, that when that new year, like we're stuck all year, but we're like, when the new year comes, and we're in February, when the next new year comes, we're going to start again, <laughs> right? But we're prone to the stuckness. And if you look at the story of Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve had all of this land, all of this property to go and to move and to enjoy, and yet they get stuck in front of the one thing that God tells them to stay away from. And of course, the enemy now comes, because they're stuck being fixated on the wrong thing, the enemy comes and adds his voice to the wrong thing, which leads them to make the wrong decision, which we, all of us in here, are reaping the ramifications of two people who were stuck in the wrong place listening to the wrong voice that made the wrong decision. When God called them to move and to name and to enjoy the animals and just to enjoy the garden, they get stuck on what they don't have instead of enjoying what they do have. That is a word for somebody in here. Stuck looking at what they don't have instead of enjoying all the things that they do have. And because of that, begin to make wrong decisions, which of course leads to all that we have. And I mentioned Genesis 3 because I think there's an incredible correlation between Genesis 3 and Acts 3, because watch this. Acts 3, the main story is a man who is lame from birth. He's stuck. He didn't ask for it. It's just the condition of what he was when he was born. And I think this is very symbolic of you and I, because watch this, because when you and I were born, we were also born lame, spiritually lame. You were stuck. In sin, when you were born into this world, when you and I were born into this world, because of what Adam and Eve did, sin entered into the world, and everything that was born after that was born into sin. You and I were born lame from the very beginning. You were spiritually lame from the very beginning. You couldn't do anything about it. It's just the way that it was, the same exactly for this lame man. There was nothing that he could do about it. It's just the condition that he was, and he needed someone to pull him out of his stuckness I mean, nobody's got to teach you to be selfish. Nobody had to train your kids how to lie. Like you, you and I were born 
lame. Come on, look at somebody next to you say, you were lame. You were lame. I mean, it's the way you were. We were lame. We were lame. And think about this. The story of, some of y'all been waiting to tell that to somebody for a long time. You were, the story of Genesis 3 of us being spiritually lame and the story of Acts 3, an actual physically lame man, the only way it's a lame man got his healing was when Peter and John lifted him up out of his lameness. And how many know the same is true for us? It's only because of the cross of Jesus Christ that lifts us out of our lameness. Okay, so, so we are prone to stuckness. We are prone to do the same thing over and over again, even if it's the wrong thing. This is why we have a hard time breaking bad habits. It's the, it's the reason why we, we just, we can't ever move forward because this is just all I know. And yet God is wanting to move us. He's a God of movement. And even though we're prone to stuckness, God is, is, is so committed to helping us get moving, which leads to number three. Number three is this. One thing can affect everything. One thing can affect everything. Now I want you to imagine just for a moment, this is the layman. The layman has, oh, I'm gonna, y'all follow me. Because I want to, I'll illustrate this for a moment. So imagine no, no leg, no, he has legs, but the legs, the legs aren't working, okay? Not working, legs. And this one thing affects everything, though. The ability to not walk, how many know, affects his relationships. Just certain people you can't have relationships with because you just can't be around them. How many know, this affects his finances, can't work, can't go make money. How I many know him not being able to walk around affects his mental issues? And, and the reason I bring this up is because a lot of us look at the things in our lives and we go, man, I just have so many issues. True, maybe, but could it be that there is one thing affecting everything? Could it be that if we just get the one thing right, it makes everything else right? Like if... If, if you know a really good chiropractor, they, they understand that if we can line certain things up, it can fix your back problems, your foot problems, your muscle problems, your ache problems, because we can get it all lined up in the right place. And the same is true for this lame man. Yes, he had physical relationship issues. Yes, he had financial issues. Yes, I'm sure he had some mental issues that he did, had. But, but if he could get the one thing fixed, I mean, no, it could fix everything. And so for some of us, we might need to be thinking through today all the different things that we're looking at in our life and go, man, I just got all this stuff is wrong, all this stuff is wrong. But maybe could it be, could it be that there is one thing that could fix everything? This is why we say that this could be the best year of your life if it is the best year of your life spiritually. Because if you get things spiritually fixed, it fixes everything else. That doesn't mean that everything is just perfectly and hunky-dory and all is right. You may still battle with health issues, but there's something that happens inside of us when we get our relationship with God right, then it just begins to deal with all these other things that are there. And what ends up happening is, imagine if this lame man, and we'll see this in just a minute, this lame man wanted change. He wanted his financial issues fixed. But Peter and John had the ability to say, yes, that's an issue, but that's not the real issue. And if we can fix the real issue, which leads actually to number four, the change you want might not be the change you need. The change you want might not be 
the change that you need. What the lame man needed, he didn't even notice anymore because for 40 years, it had just always been that way. And some of us can be so stuck in a, a, a mindset or stuck in a relationship or stuck in a place where you've been so stuck in this for so long, it has now become your normal. And so instead of asking for that to get changed, which should get changed, you start asking for other things to change to accommodate the stuckness. And so the, the lame man here is, is in a situation where he's not even noticing the legs anymore. Now he's just asking and begging for a little bit of money. But what if... What, think about this. What if they would have just given him the money but not ever actually fixed the actual issue that was there? He would have gotten spare change for a little while, but he would never have gotten a changed life. And how many know God's not after you having some spare change. He's after you having a changed life. He wants your life to change. He doesn't want just your finances to change because if your finances change but you don't change, then immediately you're going to get back to that same place at some point. If, if, he, if, he, if he does something in a circumstantial thing, and, and that's why I say there's oftentimes where we just say things like, well, I just need my circumstances to change. And the biggest lie that we tell ourselves is if only. Like, if, if only I could just lose weight, my life would be way better. Listen, don't get me wrong. It's great to lose weight. That's perfectly fine. But I have seen people go from one extreme to another. They go to one extreme. I just want to lose weight. And they begin to go and get workout. And they begin to go get healthy. And then it goes from an idol of food to an idol of working out. We just exchange idols. We never actually really fixed an identity issue. We, we're just fixing a thing. Or, man, if I would only just get a man, if I, if I only had a man, everything would be good. Listen, there ain't no man that's going to fix you. Listen, he can't even aim in the toilet. He ain't fixing you. I'm just saying. You're putting a lot of hope in a guy who can't aim. I'm speaking to my boys, not me. I'm talking to them. <laughs> who did this? Anyways. You think that it's a man issue, but maybe it's a forgiveness issue, or maybe it's a, 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 an identity issue, or maybe it's a, the change that we want, Jesus says, but that might not be the change that you need. There might be a bigger change that you need in your life, and so, so we think, well, if I could just change my situations, or if I could just change my behavior, I'm not going to cuss anyone. 2022, I'm not cussing. 2022, it's going to be it. It's, not, it's going to be it. L let's see how that goes. Let's see how that goes. Look, yet again, go book a flight. And let's see how that goes. Get up to that counter with that ticket agent that is slow like a sloth for a reason. I think they just love being real slow with you, testing everything. We want to change our behavior. I, I'm just not going to be an addict this year. I'm not going to drink as much this year. I'm just not going to do this this year. If, if only I can just do this, then my marriage will be okay. If only I can do this, if only I can. And listen, there's nothing wrong with seeing some behavior changes. Behaviors need to change. Get me? Don't, don't listen to me in the wrong way. But God is not after your behavior. He's after your heart. And he's after fixing the one thing that can affect everything. And so maybe, just maybe, this year, instead of asking for the things that you want, maybe you need to ask God, God, what do I need? 2022, what do I need this year? Maybe you need some life-giving relationships in your life, but because you've been hurt by people for so long, you say, I ain't doing that again. But God is going, no, but that's what you need because people got you pain, but people can also get you healed. 
and you're rejecting the one thing that God wants in your life more than you think you need, and you think you just need this problem fixed, but what you don't realize is that you need people in your life because they have the resources to fix the problems in your life. Or maybe it's, man, I just, I mean, you can go, go down the line. He asked for money, but God gave him mobility. And because God gave him what he needed and not what he wanted, because he gave him what he needed, he was eventually able to get what he wanted. Because think, now he's got legs. Guess what he can go get? A job. Which leads to number five. The right people can get you unstuck, but the wrong people can keep you stuck. The right people can get you unstuck. The wrong people can keep you stuck. Now let's, let's look back again at the verse. It says, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Where he was put, say these next, those next two words. Every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. All right, so I wanna, I wanna do something here. I wanna, I wanna illustrate something because I, I think what we fail to realize is that there are two people in this story that don't get any credit. There are two people in this story that don't get any credit, and I'm going to do it by illustration. So, Pastor Justin, why don't you come up with me? Mike, why don't you come up with me real quick? Let me get someone. Rodney, come here. I love using Rodney. Rodney's got it. Okay, so this is what we're going to do, all right? <laughs> um, you're going to be the lame man, all right? Okay. So, be lame. <laughs> okay, so the Bible says this. All right, the Bible says, now a lame man, man who was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple. All right, so carriers, okay, I need you guys to go bring him over to the temple over there. No, there we go. Oh, oh, there we go. Set him down, please, over there for me. Okay, that right there. Yep, that's good. Oh. All right, the Bible says they would lay him in front of the church every day. All right, you guys go to work. Y'all go, go wherever you need to go. You can go over here. Work's over there. Okay. They would go off to work. They go do their own thing. The Bible would say that this man who was being carried to the t- temple called Beautiful, he was put there every day to beg. To beg. Okay. So beg. Can I have some money? No. <laughs> no, you cannot. So, Come on. so Come on. beg some more. A little bit more. A little bit more. Okay. All right. So. So we got the beggar that's going on. He's doing this all day, okay? Then, then these guys, okay? But he, he can't go anywhere, right? Because he's stuck. So he's got to get home, though. So, hey, guys, okay, so y'all are done with work. I need y'all to go pick up the guy. I need y'all to bring him, bring him home. So, so this happened. All right, get him there. Y'all bring him over here. His, his, house, is, his house is over here. Uh, there we go. Good job. <laughs> Lift it with your legs, not with your back. Okay, so... <laughs> All right, and then, then they put him down and they go, they put him there. Okay, that was, that was Monday. Okay, and then Tuesday, they went and they got their friend again and they picked him up and then they brought him over, they brought him over to church. Okay, they got him there. All right, move this out of the way a little bit for y'all. Okay, okay, and they put him down and then they went to work. All right, then you, these guys went off to work. Thank you all. Y'all are some such, such good friends. And then he begged every day. He was begging all throughout the day. He was begging for money. He needs, needs some help. He's begging and begging. Then these guys got off of work, and then this guy's got to get home. And so they went, and they got him, and they picked him up. And they went and picked him up. Okay. Okay. Then they brought him home. 
Okay, they got them there, such good friends. Okay, they put them down, they went home, and that was Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, <laughs> and then on Wednesday, they went and they got their friend and then they brought him to church. Brought, brought, him to, brought him to church so he could go beg in front of everybody. Okay, all right, and then they put him down there. All right, there we go. And then they went back to, they went back to work. They went, they went to work. Hmm. Okay, wait, now hold up. So you're already feeling this, right? They are. They are, aren't they? We don't see the friends in the story, but I'm gonna add to the story a little bit. This isn't scriptural by any regards, but I think this played out very similar if I put myself into the story. I think these guys are good friends. These are good, godly men. They love their friend greatly, and they have good, compassionate, incredible hearts. And I think it probably did start out that way. But once Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and then Thursday, and then Friday, and then how many know he's texting them and he's like, they're ghosts to me. They're not even responding anymore. And they're not, they, and they pick up the phone. And it's like those, those friends who call you because they want you to help them move. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And you're like, oh, they're moving right now. No, I can't get them for another month. I think what ended up happening was these guys finally went back to, went back. It's Wednesday. You got to go pick them up. Watch. And they get there to go pick them up, but they don't pick them up yet this time. They look at him and go, well, how much money did you make? How much money did you make? Let's see it. Let's see how much money you got. You got something? Okay, put, it, put out a little coin or something. Okay. And then I think, go ahead, keep it up. Look, I mean, you know, Uber ain't free. So take, take you a little something. Take you, take you a little something. Not that much, Rodney. Okay, put a little bit back. That's so much. Okay. And I think, I think these guys started realizing, boy, we, can, we could profit from this as well. And I think over the course of time, this guy would get to church every day and beg, because he had to for a living, but I don't think these guys were doing it just because of the generosity of their heart. Maybe, maybe not. All right, y'all give it up for our lame people and our carriers, they're good. Good job, guys, good job. See, there, there are some people in your life that don't want you healed because they profit from your dysfunction, your stuckness, and your disability. <laughs> so for you to get healed means that they lose being able to use you for their own purposes. So now when they want to use you and you say, no, I ain't doing that anymore, and they go, well, who do you think you are? Are you all stuck up now? And you go, no, 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 I'm just up. You're the one stuck. <laughs> but just as much as he had friends that were helping him get to church every day, maybe they were good, maybe. It took some other guys named Peter and John that were full of the Holy Spirit to see that there was a greater need than him just getting some money. And those, those guys, when they stepped up to the plate, 
How many know God will always put people in your life that will help pick you up out of stuckness? Watch this. But the enemy will always put people in your life to keep you in stuckness. And so here comes Peter and John. Look at Acts chapter 3, verse 11. Friends are always bringing him every day. They saw the, they saw the same disability. They saw, they saw it just as much as Peter and John. But Peter and John had an ability to see something that was much different than these friends saw. These friends probably saw an opportunity, but Peter and John also saw an opportunity, but it says, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Solomon's Colonnade. My challenge for us as we, as we move into 2022 is you need to understand, are the people in your life helping you get unstuck or are they keeping you stuck? Some of us need to do a reevaluation of the people that we're around because you want all that God has for you, but you're around people who care, care less. And if you're around people who don't want all of God, then they don't want all for you. And, and well, that's my best friend. They're not a good friend. Because you want to get around some people that when you get stuck, how many know they're like Peter and John and say, get up. Get up. We got this. Hey, by the way, Peter and John were very uniquely different. Y'all know that, right? Like John was like the beloved. The Bible says that John was the beloved. He would like lean up against Jesus and tell Jesus, tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. And, and he, he, he ascribed his love to Jesus by, I think he was like, you know, affection and words of affirmation. Do you know how Peter ascribed his love to Jesus? He's like, I will cut you. Literally, I will cut you. Peter would cuss you out and then cut your ear off. And he'd be like, Jesus, see, I love you. These guys don't love you. I just cut his ear off for you. All right. Peter was the guy, he'll cuss you out. He had the courage. John was the beloved. And I think, watch this, I think it actually took two different types of friends to reach this guy. Because I think, watch, yet again, it's just from what I see, I think John saw the guy. I think Peter had the courage to actually step up and say, get up. How <laughs> I many know you need multiple friends that'll be that? I don't just need a friend that'll just tell me to get up. I need one that'll come and hug me a little bit too. There's two guys that came into this equation, and I, I, I'm just telling you right now, as you go into 2022, we need to reevaluate our relationships. I said this in the Devo the other day, but I'm gonna say it again. You need to ask yourself a couple questions about the people that you're around. You need to ask yourself, with the relationships that I'm in, are there any relationships that, that I need to sever? Are there any relationships that I need to initiate? And are there any relationships that I need to nurture? Are there any relationships that I need to just sever? I just need to cut that off because it only keeps me stuck. Are there initiates or relationships that I need to initiate that I need to start because I need them desperately in my life? And then are there relationships right now that are good, but they need to get better and you need to nurture those relationships? Which leads to number five and we're done. Before God can exceed your expectation, he first has to get your attention. Before God can exceed your expectation, he first has to get your attention. Look with me back to, in verse four. It says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And here we go. Here's bold Peter. Peter looked at the guy, and he said, Look at us. And he said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention. I'll tell you one of the big things I think God is after this year is he's after your attention. We are in a culture right now that is demanding your attention. 
News is demanding your attention. Facebook is demanding your attention. Social media is demanding your attention. People are demanding your attention. And whatever you give your attention to, you become more of. This is why I always say, we should check the news, but get in the book. (laughs) What ends up happening is, we check the Bible and we get into social. God is after your attention, and the very first thing he wanted to do is, he, he wanted to exceed his expectation, but he could not exceed his expectation until he says, I need your attention, no. I need you to look right here. Look right here. I know you're begging from everybody around here, you're trying to get everything from everybody else, but I need you to look right here. I need you to look right here. Watch this. This is why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Not three days, not seven days, but 21 days. It is proven that 21 days is what it takes to develop new habits. And I want to encourage us, next Sunday, we will kick off 21 days of pursuing the heart of God. And here's what these 21 days do. Let me, let me just help you. I'll teach a lot more about it next week and help get us ready for this. But we do a time of prayer and a time of fasting. And, and there's a reason we do both of them. Prayer is an opportunity to position my heart um, to, to talk to God and for God to talk to me. But what fasting does is fasting eliminates the things in my life that are loud so I can hear. And so in, in this month, we're going to spend three months just going, God, you have my attention. Three weeks, sorry. If it's, it needs to be more than three weeks, but we're going to go three weeks and go, God, you have my attention. So maybe for some of you, it'll be just, just fasting all social media and new stuff. That's what it'll be for our house on top of foods and sweets and things. But just anything that, that is going to distract you that would allow you to have more time to give towards the Lord. And, and I have seen some absolutely incredible stories of what God has done, not only in my own life, but in our church family, because we believe what we do on the front end affects everything that happens in the rest of the year. This is why we do it in January. It's a beginning, to, it's a restart. It's going, God, you, you have my attention. And it was as soon as, as Peter and John had this man's attention, then they were able to exceed his expectations. Hey, let me show you what, hey, I know all your friends are bringing you here. Let me show you what a real friend does. Get up get up. And the verse goes on in verse 8 and it says, and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising. I bet so. 40 years of stuckness. Let me tell you something. You hadn't seen a dance like this guy danced. It probably was weird. I don't know, but he danced and he walked and he praised. And it says, and when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the, whoa, 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 wait, isn't that that guy? Isn't that that guy that's always up in front of the church, always asking for money all the time, never walking anywhere, always got them bum friends coming in, grabbing him all the time, putting him here, putting him, they recognized that he was the same man sitting at that temple gate, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Can you imagine? He, he gets the healing. That happened on the outside of the church. Then he goes inside of the church, and he starts singing and clapping. How many know that service was turned up? That was a turned up service. Everybody's like, who is the guy in the back that's got a little extra praise in him? Oh my goodness, look who it is. I guarantee you got up on the stage and had a little testimony time. Let me tell y'all something. 
All y'all pass me all the time. But these two jokers over here say, get up. And I got up. And I don't know what happened, but I got some legs now. God is good. God is amazing. And what, all the people who saw him in his stuckness were also the same people who saw him in his healing. The same people. I mean, no, the same people. And I believe God is going to allow the same people who saw you in your lame season see you in your leaping season. For some of you, this is going to be a year that God is going to begin to leap things out of your heart, out of your life. And I believe the same people who watched you from a distance struggle with your finances and struggle with your health and struggle with your kids and struggle with your marriage, that when you say, God, you have my attention, God, do whatever you want to do in my life, and he begins to resurrect things on the inside of you, the same people who saw all that will now get an opportunity to hear the story of what God is doing in your life. And that's what we want to see. If you're in a place right now where you just feel stuck, I want to encourage you for the next four to five weeks, we'll see how long this goes, I don't know, but to just jump all in, to jump all in. Because I believe the same people who saw you in depression are gonna be the same people who see you with joy. The same people who saw you with physical illness will be the same people who see the, the healing. The same people that are in your life that saw your kids strung out on drugs will be the same people that see them walk into their destiny. Because what God is wanting to do with you I mean, no, we, we just need to say, I'm not stuck anymore. I'm not stuck anymore. God has called you to move, and if you feel stuck, I'm telling you, over the next month, we're gonna just begin to look at what does it look like for us to get unstuck in our life. I wanna do this to end today. If you're here in this room, and you say, there's just areas of my life right now I feel like I'm stuck in. It could be in your faith, it could be in your emotions, it could be in your mental health, it could be in your finances, it could be in a relationship. But if that's you, would you just stick, raise your hand just right here all across this room. And I wanna, I wanna pray over every person that's in this room. Father, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for every person that's here that's in this room that's right now that has their hands raised. Those that are watching that are online right now. And just, man, I feel like this is a word for me. God, I believe this is a word you have for your church right now because you want to see them move. You wanna see them move. You wanna see them continue to walk. The enemy has had too much play in their mind. The enemy has kept them in the same place for too long, but today we are declaring they are unstuck in Jesus' name. God, I pr proclaim freedom over your people in Jesus' name. The things that have held them back for so long will be broken off in Jesus' name. God, we surrender everything to you. We invite you to come. God, help us, help us, help us, help us to continue to fulfill all that you have put inside of our lives in Jesus' name. Now with your hands, you can put your hands down, but if there are those that are in this room and you have not surrendered your heart to the Lord, that is the first thing that we do. For God to do anything in our life, really it begins with the greatest miracle that he wants to do, which is to raise us from spiritual lameness to spiritual life. And if you're here in this room, I'm not talking about going to church or reading your Bible or doing anything religious. I'm talking about a surrendered heart, a postured heart, a heart that says, God, you have my attention. I want you to be the Lord of my life. No longer me, but you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want heaven to come on this earth and to come fill my life. I want you to come make me alive. You have just felt dead on the inside, distance from God. I'm here today to tell you that the grace of God is here for you. He's reached out for you. He loves you. He wants to know you. He wants to do 
incredible things in there. And the greatest thing you can do this year to start this year is to start it with a spiritual birthday. Say, God, I'm going all in this year for you. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, that's me. One, two, three. If that's you all across this room, thank you. Over here on the right, right here in the back. Anybody else that's there? Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. If you raised your hand today, I want you to pray this right alongside with us. We're all going to pray with you, but this is going to be a prayer that you pray that just says, God, I, I want all that you have for me. So would you just say this? Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for loving me. I, I know that I'm lame apart from you, but I invite you to come. Give me a new heart. Take my old heart, my old ways, and I submit them to you. You died on a cross to pay for my sins that separated me from you. I give you all of my old self. You give me your righteousness and a relationship with the Father. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. And I follow you from this day forward. Forgive me, cleanse me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me new again in Jesus' name. Amen.